Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 4, be in verse 6 tonight. Recently, oh, it's been a few months now, um, I wanted to do something to be able to exercise more. Uh, I felt like in our home, we needed to get some more exercise. So I, 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 I went out and bought a, uh, what is it called? An elliptical machine. I bought an elliptical machine. It wasn't that expensive. And uh, we got it in our living room. We just didn't have a, a, a real good place for it. But we sat in our living room for a while. And I've ridden it maybe four times. And um, uh, some of the other members of the family, especially Josh. Josh, he would walk on it for quite a while. And now, you know, it's only been a couple of months. And uh, it's, uh, it's just kind of sitting there in the garage now. <laughs> so, so um, one of the things that our, our text talks about tonight is training ourselves in godliness. Um, Paul here says that you know bodily training is of some use, but training, exercising yourself for godliness is is uh, profitable in all things. Um, Sometimes I think maybe we have an attitude towards training in godliness like, like I had towards that elliptical machine. You know, I, you know, I, I know it's something I need to do, and oh, I'll try this out for a little while, and then I get tired, and I just don't keep up. You ever had that spiritually? Ever felt that way? Oh, you know, it's a brand new year. I'm going to get my Bible out and I'm going to be, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. And you may do good for the first couple of days. You get through, you know, Genesis chapter 3 and then you hit the genealogies, right? (laughs) Or even if you make it all the way through Genesis and part of the way through Exodus, then you get to all of the things like Leviticus and numbers, and it just becomes difficult and you just can't keep up, right? So, Paul here, he's telling Timothy that he is to train himself for godliness. Uh, we, we, we all need that. We need that. So let's go ahead and take a look at what our text says. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourselves for for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, and it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, for to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank You for Your grace and for Your love. Lord, we thank You, Lord, that You are at work in 
our lives. Father, help, help give us ears to hear and eyes to see tonight. Feed us on Your Word. Give me strength and grace as I preach. In Jesus' name, Amen. Paul begins this section, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ. That He's speaking there to Timothy. Okay? If you, Timothy, put these things before the brothers. Now Timothy is who he's writing these things to. He is, he is here, I believe that's a, a singular, a you singular. Not, he's not speaking to a whole church of people. He's speaking to Timothy himself. And, and every pastor needs to hear this. In fact, every disciple needs to hear this. If you want to be a good servant of Jesus, this is what you do. He says, if you put these things before the brothers. Now, what is these things? Now, we can look back to what, um, what um, Paul was saying in the last text. I think, I think that's at least part of it. Um, he was cautioning, uh, a warning about the false teachers and, and reminding us that God created everything good. He's, he's pointing uh, people to the Bible. He's pointing Timothy to the Bible to say the, the right doctrine, the right theology is that creation is good. God made it good. And I think whenever he says, if you put these things before the brothers, he's, he's talking probably about that, that doctrine of a good creation that God has made, but also just biblical sound doctrine that comes from the Bible. That is a pastor's job. To put these things in front of the brethren. And so often, what do we see? We see many times preachers who will be chasing after all kinds of fads, right? Who will be talking about, well, I read this book over here, or read that book over here, and, and this is how you can have 40 days to a better walk with God, and all these different kinds of things. Paul here is telling Timothy, put these things before the brethren. Put the Bible before them. Point to it. That's where good, solid teaching comes from. Point it to the Bible. He says, if you put these things before the brethren, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine which you have followed. That really follows up right with what I was saying. Uh, to be a good servant of Jesus Christ, He's putting forth before the people Good words, um, the words of the faith. And the words of the faith are not something we come up with on our own. The words of the faith are not something we get from some kind of ecstatic experience. Our, our, the words that we, of the faith are not something we get from some kind of a prophetic revelation, and unless we're talking about the biblical prophetic revelation. The words of the faith are these. It's what's in this book. And sound doctrine. Uh, you know, the, one, one of the things, some people don't like the word doctrine, right? They think, oh, doctrine, doctrine. Oh, who needs doctrine? Well, what is doctrine? It's the biblical teaching. The doctrine is just, I mean, what does the Bible teach about these things? Um, we, we might say uh, doctrine is a way of systematizing and, and, and condensing what 
the Bible teaches about certain subjects. Like, what does the Bible teach about creation? Well, you see that in Genesis 1. You see that in Psalm 19. Psalm, uh, uh, yeah, Psalm 19. You see that uh, also even in uh, Gen- uh, John chapter 1, where it says the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything that was made was made through Him. We see things about creation all throughout the Bible. So when when it's talking about doctrine, it's putting together all of what the Bible says about a certain subject, whether it's creation, whether it's the identity of who Jesus is, whether it's um, you know how we should uh, organize as a church. All of those things. What does the Bible teach about? So so here, um, Paul is telling Timothy, put these things before the brethren. Good. Solid teaching that comes from the Bible. He's saying sound words. He's saying um, the words of the faith. Things that have we, we have received. He's not coming up with some new stuff on his own. It's the, it's the pattern of words that's been received from the apostles. So that's the first thing I think it takes to be a good servant of Jesus Christ. Second here, he says, have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourselves for godliness. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Here's an example of that. Horoscopes. Or or mediums. Or all these different things of, of wanting to have some kind of a spiritual insight apart from what the Bible says. Uh, he doesn't want us to have anything to do with irreverent or silly myths. Um, so what it takes to be a good servant of Jesus Christ, first, you've got to teach the right truth and you've got to warn and have nothing to do with the wrong stuff. False doctrine. Irreverent, silly myths. Stay away from those things. The pastor, the good preacher of the Word of God is to teach what is good from the Scripture and to warn of false teaching. Then he says, rather train yourselves for godliness for while bodily training is of some value, it is of uh, godliness is of value in every way and holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. First Timothy, throughout it, earlier we saw it, I think in chapter 1, we're going to see it elsewhere. Actually, later on in this same chapter, we'll look at it next week. Paul is over and over again telling Timothy he's got to watch both his life and his doctrine. These first two things that Timothy has to do in order to be a good servant of Jesus, you've got to watch your doctrine. You've got to, watch, you've got to teach what is good, and you've got to warn about what is false. And... Then the other part is about his life. You've got to watch your life. Timothy, uh, Paul tells Timothy, train yourselves for godliness. It takes persistence. It takes discipline to train ourselves for godliness. And so often, we get weary. I do. I get weary, and I think probably all of us get weary. But God calls us to persist. And you know what? We're going we're gonna to get weary time to time. We're going to get weary. 
We just got to come to Him and ask Him for strength. Ask Him to help us to press on and to keep going. He, uh, how do we train ourselves in godliness? We read the Scriptures. We pray. It's not rocket science. We don't have to learn all kinds of different yoga positions. <laughs> Anything like that. That's not how we train ourselves in godliness. We train ourselves in godliness by getting to know what God says in His Word, by prayer, by obedience to His Word. By obedience to His Word. Remember, he talked earlier about the seared conscience. When we know what something is wrong and, and we just keep on doing it and keep on doing it and it sears our conscience like a hot iron, we end up for a mess there. It takes discipline and obedience when we obey Him in the long term. I've heard... Uh, Perseverance in the faith is a, a, a obedience in the same direction for over the long haul. I, I, I probably just butchered that quote, but that's the idea. He does say bodily training is of some value. So Paul wasn't against exercise. Now, Paul, he was probably a pretty rugged guy considering all the traveling he did. They didn't have jet planes back then. They didn't have cars. He probably spent a lot of time on foot traveling hundreds of miles a year on his missionary journeys. He was probably pretty fit with all that exercise. And today, we, you know, we need things like the elliptical machine <laughs> or the treadmill or the, what's that bike? Yeah, there's a Peloton. <laughs> the Peloton bike. Something like that. There is value in that. Paul isn't denying that. We don't live in some kind of a dualistic view, just like he was talking about last week. You know, it's not, we don't live in a world where the flesh is evil and the, and the spirit is good. That's, that's, that's Greek philosophy. That's not the Bible. We live in a world where God has made our bodies and we are to take care of them. Uh, they are the temple of the living God. And, and so we, we should be stewards of our bodies and take care of them. Um, so bodily exercise does profit a little. But how much more does exercising ourselves in godliness? How much more? If we exercise physically, it's going to benefit us in this life. We might have a longer life. We might have a stronger heart that will let us live many more years, like my grandpa who's going to be 89 in December. You must have been a rugged man one, one long time ago, huh? <laughs> we don't quit. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. But uh, physical exercise can help us in this life, but godliness is not only this life, but it's also the life to come. Then Paul says, This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. 
Now I think here, whenever we see a statement like this, and it appears about seven times in all of Paul's letters, he says this kind of a statement. This is trustworthy and deserving of all acceptance. Um, you then wonder, is he talking about what came before, or is he talking about what came to, comes after? And I think, uh, from what I read about it, um, it seems to fit with both here. Like He's talking about the whole context here. Uh, it is deserving of full acceptance that godliness is profitable in all things for this life and the life to come. And it's also a trustworthy statement and deserving of all acceptance what's found in verse 10. For to this end we toil and strive. He's not just now talking about exercise or discipline. He's talking about the difficulty of keeping going in a hostile world. It's toil. It's strife. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hopes set on the living God. Why do we keep on going when the world is against us? Why do we persevere in following after Jesus? Because we have set our hope on the living God. He's not like all the wood and idol and silver, the idols made of silver and wood and gold and all those kinds of things. He's not like that. He is the living God. And He proved that He was the living God because Jesus rose from the dead. No other religion can say they have a living founder. Right? Jesus came to this world. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross, was buried, and rose three days later. We serve the living God. Because we have set our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all people. He is the Savior of all people. Now, yes, Jesus is the Savior of all people. God is the Savior of all people. Uh, Jesus is the Savior. And here it says God is the Savior. You know, they're one. Jesus is God. Uh, He's the Savior of all people. Now, this may cause some alarm bells to go off. What does it mean that Jesus is the Savior of all people? Does that mean that everybody's saved? Does that mean that everybody is saved? No, I I think what that means is He is the only Savior for any person. Right? He is the only Savior. He is the Savior for red, yellow, black, and white. He is the Savior for the poor. He is the Savior for the rich. He is the Savior for people here in America. He is Savior for the Jews, for the Gentiles. He is Savior for people in Afghanistan, for people in Haiti. He is Savior for anyone who's going to be saved. He is the Savior of all men. And then Paul says, especially of those who believe. I think those last words tip us off to the fact that he's not saying that everybody is saved whenever he says, that Jesus is the Savior of all men. What he's saying is He is the only Savior and those who who believe are really saved. He is the truly, really in a special sense, the Savior of those who believe. I believe that those of us who are here tonight can say that about Him. He is our Savior. 
all of this, what is a good pastor supposed to be? He teaches good doctrine based on the Scripture. He warns of false teaching. And he exercises himself for godliness. And why do we do these things? Because we have set our hope on the true and living God. Everything else out there is a counterfeit. We have set our hope on the true and living God. He is the Savior for anybody who's going to be saved, especially those who believe. How are we saved? By believing. It really is that simple. It really is that simple. Now, you can say, I believe it's going to rain, but if you don't take your umbrella with you, do you really believe it's going to rain? <laughs> when you believe something, it's going to have an effect, right? And when you believe on Jesus, it's going to change you. There's going to be fruits to that belief. When you really believe, faith without works is dead, James says. When we truly believe, He will change us from the inside out. We just believe. And that belief comes from God Himself. We couldn't do it on our own. We couldn't even believe if it weren't for the fact that He first loved us, first opened our eyes. We were dead. We were a corpse. And Jesus spoke the Gospel to us. And our hearts started to beat. He is the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. You believe in Him tonight. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.